1: Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're here with a special guest. He's another Big Ten guy, former Indiana Hoosier flamethrower, who's now a prospect for the Boston Red Sox. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Matt Litwicky. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here, that's for sure. No, it's like I said, we had a Big Ten guy on last week. The people might get pissed off. We're just, we're just firing Big Ten guys. But um, I, I wanted to go into that. I mean, like I said, Indiana, we haven't had an Indiana guy on the show. Um, First question I want to ask, which I ask all the Big Ten guys, I'm a Michigan guy, I'm a Michigan fan, is Indiana a party school?
2: Indiana has their fair share of fun, that's for sure. Low 500, that's definitely a different beast.
1: What's low 500?
2: Low 500 is like a... It's like a spin off the Indy 500. So like all the frat and sororities, they get like a bike team together and then they have like their own little race with it. But it's basically just like a week long of no, uh no classes. Well, there's classes, but no one really attends them. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> so what's it like for athletes there? I mean, are you guys participating in that? Or obviously, you guys have to go to class and stuff like that. But are you guys massive participants in the low 500? I might have to attend that sometime. In the future. Oh, yeah, you
2: should definitely go sometime. If you're going, let me know. That's for sure. But uh, usually usually they try to uh, get us traveling that week. So we're not even on campus. <laughs> uh, I got to experience one little 500, though, when I had Tommy John in 2017. And it was uh, it was different living the normal college life. That's for sure.
1: You miss it. I'll be honest, man. Like, obviously I went to school in Nebraska. I didn't go to Nebraska. I went to JUCO there. And when I come back to Canada and I see like what it's like to be like a normal student, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, why was I an athlete? Obviously you, you're, you're nasty. So it makes more sense. But for me, it's like, why did I waste my fucking time? Like, I wish I just got after it. And I, and trust me, I only was only there for two years, so I had my fair share of fun at the schools here. But it's just crazy the whole difference of experience. Like, when you're done class, you're done class. You don't have weights, you don't have any like study hall, none of that shit. You're done class. You go home, do whatever the fuck you want. It's crazy. Oh yeah, my
2: brother, uh, he's only eighteen months younger than me, and he was at Indiana too, and. We definitely had a little bit of a different college experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lecture. So, what is your brother there? For? Is he still there? I'm assuming.
2: Yes. So he's just studying. Uh, he is a biology major, and he's trying to get into like kind of like the fitness industry.
1: Okay, so he's yoked.
2: So he's, yeah. So he's a well, yoked guy. It's actually kind of funny because uh, so I'm about six one, six two, and my brother Kyle, he's about six eight, about like like 250 so
1: so was like the indiana baseball team trying to recruit him to get on the bump or what's the deal there because he probably throws absolute fumes yeah he was uh
2: he was actually better than me in high school uh but he ended up having tommy john in high school and didn't like recover the same way that i was able to but no he was definitely the better of the two i would say
1: and in high school, I read, credit to me for doing the research here, I read you were like a top 10 prospect in the whole state of Indiana. I also read that you were an honorable mention for the PG All-American team. Is that correct? Yeah. So in high school, what? so was SEC an option for you? Or was it just, I'm going to stay to my roots, blue-collar guy, I'm going to stay Big Ten?
2: Uh, so I've always kind of wanted to go to Indiana. Uh, my family's not – doesn't have too many college graduates so the few that have graduated and gone to college they've gone to Indiana so I kind of just fell in love with it ever from the get-go and once they offered me going into my freshman year high school I kind of just I took the offer and just went and ran with it loved it ever since
1: so and I we mentioned this all the time on the show did did little part of you was like fuck I wish I just like verbally obviously you verbally committed but I wish I would have took my five visits to all these nasty SEC schools and got after with the boys there. Like <laughs> was a part of you like, man, I wish I could maybe go to like Miami here and like party with the guys on a visit, even though I'm not going there.
2: Yeah. I mean, once, once I got a little older into kind of like my senior year of high school, I was looking a little bit at schools just to see like what they're all about. Really. I mean, I was dedicated to Indiana, but I kind of looked at it and I was like, Oh, I kind of wish I would have, you know, rode out the recruitment train a little bit longer, but. Yeah. So Indiana was
1: like, Indiana was like your first love. I mean, that was the school where they offered you first, they trusted you first and they, you jumped the gun realistically. I mean, they got to you young and I respect that. So, but you, in high school, like I said, I mean, Indiana baseball, I'm assuming it's kind of like the same what it is here in like the Toronto area where there's some guys that are nasty and there's some guys that won't even crack a JV high school team on majority schools in the South. So were you just absolutely fucking dominating in your high school or what, what was that like down there?
2: So my area in high school was actually pretty good. Um, we had a couple of good programs around me, but for the most part, I mean, if you threw above 90 in high school is you could dominate with just the fastball. So <laughs> I had I had a lot of fun. I, we had a good team too. I had a couple guys uh, on our pitching staff at least. we had a kid that was committed to Purdue, Butler. And then another D2. So we were, we uh, filled in pretty nicely up there.
1: So, so why didn't you, and obviously I'm a big Mac advocate. Why didn't you go to the Mac? I mean, for me, the Mac is the most electric conference in all of, in in for football, obviously in the United States of America was the blue collared part of you wanting to a little bit May was a Mac school knocking on the door for you? That's what I'm asking.
2: Uh, To be honest, no. Really, realistically, I had uh, a couple of Big Ten schools reaching out to me at that age. I mean, I I committed kind of young, but because everybody thought I was a year older because I played on an older team. So when they started to find out that I was a 2017-2016 high school kid, it kind of steamrolled the whole Big Tens are coming at you type
1: of thing. So what schools fucked up and, and missed out on you? Was Michigan on the door there? Michigan State? What was it? Purdue? I talked
2: I talked to Michigan very sparingly at that point, but Purdue mainly, Michigan State, uh Illinois talked to me a little bit, nothing crazy. But by the time I committed, there wasn't much.
1: Okay. So I mean, and everyone mentions this because I'm assuming Indiana is kind of close to where you your whole family lives, right? And so you're obviously really close to home. So was part of you kind of thinking like, I kind of wish I didn't stay close to home and got that experience living in like, let's say Arizona playing for ASU or playing for Miami. Cause obviously you're a freak top 10 in the whole state, which is disgusting. So, I mean, was a little part of you saying like, or especially even now, are you as far away from home as possible? Or are you still in Indiana grinding?
2: So right now I'm uh, down in Fort Myers uh, with instructs with the Red Sox, but I'm living in Bloomington to train, still use their facilities and whatnot, get with the new uh, pitching coach, Justin Glant. No, it's Glant is his last name for sure. But – um, but sorry. Uh, no so I am training there in Bloomington, using their facilities and whatnot. Let, they're letting me train there for free, which is a big bonus with, uh, you know, with the minor league payroll. <laughs> But I was far enough away from home that it was kind of like – I I live in about as northwest Indiana as you could get, so it's about four hours away from campus. So it was, a, it was far enough to where mom and dad couldn't stop by every single week, but close enough when my clothes needed to be washed, I could drive up there. I
1: respect that. That's a power move. And do you own – and this is just a dumb question that I was thinking of right off the bat. Do you own those weird Indiana pants that are white and red and that are massive? Looks like – I don't even know how to call them. They look like – Will Smith pants in one of his music videos are candy stripes. Yeah. You own those.
2: So yeah, they gave us a pair of shorts every single year. That's what we would kind of like, uh, practice in on Thursdays when we were at other people's places, like taking BP and stuff, we'd wear the candy stripes.
1: I would be, uh, and I'm not going to say no. If you want to send those down here to Toronto, we'll, I'll, I'll wear them every single day of my life. I mean, those things are absolutely electric. They probably make the like the calves and legs look dynamite. Oh, yeah. So if you want to send them down, I'm not going to say no. I don't know how many pairs you have, but we'll get something going here. And like I said, I'm a Michigan guy, but hear me out. I'm a Michigan guy for football. For baseball, I'm a free agent. I said last week to Jeff Criswell, if, if they acknowledge my existence on this podcast existence, they'll be my baseball team. They didn't. They liked the tweet. They didn't retweet it. So they're dead to me as of right now, just like they were last year when we had Jordan Wogu on. Oh, so yeah. what's the so you get Indiana baseball to at least acknowledge this? I don't know if you have the pull. You probably do have the pull. You get Indiana baseball to acknowledge this. I will claim myself as an Indiana baseball podcast. Deal, so like you said, I'll
2: get it that that done. In the works
1: for sure. Get it done. Get it done. Indy the Indiana baseball. If you're listening to this, I'll be the presenting podcast of your of your franchise of your team so and i mentioned michigan and a couple of the michigan guys actually said there was kind of a rivalry between you two is that true what what went on there i heard someone was i don't know if it was someone talking shit at second or short what what happened sorry i don't know you're good
2: no uh, yeah there's definitely uh a little bit of tension between michigan and indiana that's for sure um it's just kind of they're always pretty good, we're pretty good and then for some reason we hate each other at the end of the day. but I mean it is what it is. There was a lot of tension this year. Uh, there was like a there was a fan that would not stop and he was ruthless yelling like just whatever he wanted. He sat on our side he got ejected out of I think the third game on the weekend and it was just it turned into a whole
1: thing. Really? So it so it was a fan that started. It wasn't even the team. So, and here we go. So what what's that one team in the league? And I'm assuming maybe it is Michigan because they're dead to me. What's that one team that's arrogant? Like that one team that everyone in the league seems to have a rivalry against. Like, is there one school where it's every time we go there, their fans are either arrogant, arrogant, or their players like to get chirpy? Like, what is it? What what team is it?
2: Uh, honestly, I would probably say a lot of the teams had an issue with us. Uh, we definitely, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we kind of just, we kind of played like, I mean, i lost better words, but we kind of played like assholes. We kind of played like we had a chip on our shoulder. Uh, we weren't, we weren't big fans in Nebraska. I mean, they had a walk off on us and they were like double flipping us off and stuff. And it was just like, what are we doing? Like, we just played you guys in one game, but Other than that, no, I think that a lot of teams disliked us just by the way we had a lot of kids. So you
1: guys are the bad boys. You guys are the certified bad boys of the Big Ten.
2: If you honestly, that was our our head coach, Coach uh, Jeff Mercer. He coined like the bad boys as like our personality, to be honest. We watched the documentary. We had multiple talks about it. We have it hanging up in our um, like quotes and stuff in our locker room. So it's actually funny that you say that.
1: So you guys were like the certified, it's like I'm playing, we're playing, like we're like the type, we're, you're, you guys were like that football team that's not punting when you guys are up by like 30. Like you guys yeah. are going for it on fourth and one, which is something that I respect. So was there situations in which that was like you guys would like to get out of there, that, like would you guys be bunting up like six with a runner on second and no Like what was some of the shit that you guys would do? Or just was it playing hard?
2: Uh, Well, we have a lot of, we had a lot of kids pitchers that pitch with, like, overly passionate, I guess you could call it. I was one of them. But other than that, yeah, we kind of – honestly, we played until we knew the opponent was pretty much dead.
1: I can respect that. Like I said, man, I I love – the bad boys, I love the bad boys of baseball. So that's a, that's a respectable term there, but just Nebraska. I mean, we haven't had a Nebraska on the show just based on the fact that I, honestly, that's actually what the Michigan guys said too. They said Nebraska was pretty much like the biggest clowns on the planet that they played against. So I can definitely get behind that. And you were like, you, you adopted to a closer role there. I mean, you were pretty much the full-time closer. What was your walkout song there at Indiana to get the people going?
2: Uh, I had a couple, but mine, my main one was uh, "Welcome to Jam Rock" by Damian Marley.
1: Yeah, I can. Re- that's a power move. That's an absolute power move. Gets the crowd a little bit grooving. Did you Was there big crowds there in Indiana when you guys would play? When when crowds were allowed, yeah, we had a decent amount
2: of turnouts. Uh, but in the county, we didn't really allow full capacity. Well, we didn't allow any capacity for a while, but. Pre-COVID, yeah, when we played Purdue, it would get pretty big just because that's kind of a little rivalry in itself. Just Purdue versus Indiana is a big one. But, yeah, I mean, they get pretty packed. Not Nothing crazy like an SEC school, but we'd get our fans. Yeah.
1: And I this is just another, another dumb question, but I had to bring this up because I read that you just gained like six miles an hour after you get into surgery. Is Tommy John, should it be considered a PED? I mean, I'm reading articles here. You're throwing low 90s, getting into – getting into indiana and now you're like touching triple digits after tommy john is that correct so what's the deal with that like did tommy john just rejuvenate you should it be considered a ped or like let's go into that like how did this happen
2: so a lot of what i had to contribute to it was a lot of the different uh training that you do with it the recovery process but a lot of it had to do with honestly just in the weight room and getting that extra time just to be in the weight room alone without having to worry about throwing and all that extra stuff is all of it combined kind of just helped me out a lot. That's for sure.
1: So you like, so did they change everything in your throwing motion? Like what did they do or is it the same thing? Everything.
2: So when I first, when I first got to Indiana, I was big leg lift long arm and I was like two seconds to the plate. So I I wasn't even like a, Usable guy at that point. So we shortened up the arm action, shortened up uh, the leg kick a little bit, made me a little bit more efficient down the mound. And velo kept ticking up, ticking up a little bit. And then this year we really kind of dove into a little bit of more of like biometrics and stuff and how I'm actually moving and whatnot. And then we just saw the velo kind of just explode up after that.
1: Okay, no, that's I mean that's that's insane. So and what did you know you needed Tommy John? Like how did this happen? Was it an injury on the mound? Did you hear something pop? Like, what's the Tommy John story?
2: So the Tommy John story is actually kind of a weird one with me. So in high school, I knew that I needed it, but my brother had already gotten it, and my family really couldn't afford a second one. And by this time, I was already committed to Indiana. So throughout my sophomore, junior, and senior year uh, in high school, I would take a roll of duct tape. And I would just roll it from basically the tip of my shoulder down to my mid form so I couldn't feel my hand when I was throwing.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, what, then, was it
1: clear tape? Like, how did they not know that? So, they don't see that.
2: It was black duct tape. And then I would, I'd throw an Evo Shield sleeve over my arm and just like for looks.
1: No, I can respect that. Like, honestly, man, especially if you could throw with it and you were throwing absolute gas with it, anyways, with needing Tommy John, which is even more crazy if you think about it that's just incredible so good for you and then so when you get the tommy john surgery and after it how slow and boring is that process cuz we like we're friends like I'm pretty good friends with Forrest Whitley on the Astros and it looks like I feel like he got the surgery like 4 years ago like yeah. even talking to him it's like jesus christ like you're th- are you th- he's, th- he's just starting to throw it's crazy no it's a
2: long process it's an annoying process it gets monotonous but my trainers did a good job at kind of keeping my head on straight and making sure I was staying on the right path. Um, it definitely is not something that I would wish upon my worst enemy just because those 13 months of just kind of like just every day doing the same thing, same thing, finally being able to straighten your arm. And that's supposed to be a win. Like little things like that. <laughs> it's just like learning how to wipe your ass with your left hand. That was a tough one. Just yeah. little things like it just gets so much and just, like so quick that it just it seems like it's taking even longer than what other people think it seems like.
1: And, and the thing that's even more crazy about that is, is like you can't golf. I'm assuming you can't even play video games. Cause like, you're using your out. Like, I mean, you're kind of using that, those muscles. I'm, I'm not, a, I don't know. I'm not the smartest, but you can't do shit. So what were you doing to keep yourself busy during that time? Like, were you just watching that? Like what was going on there?
2: So basically what I did was I honestly, I figured out a way to play video games a little different than I usually do. And cause you're in a giant robo arm with it wrapping around your hand. So I would just, I took the thing and I folded it back so I could just move my wrist and I would just play, play video games like that.
1: <laughs> That's such I, good for you, man. Just always weaseling trying to find a little way to do something. And then, so obviously you, being in the closer role you didn't get that many innings pitched at indiana i mean I, I think you had like 26 games you were appeared in or something along those lines so did you know you were going to go going to go in the draft in the top 10 rounds was was like that early for you was that late for you like what was the deal with that because obviously there's a lot of potential in your arm and especially the fact that it's a new arm now pretty much and you're throwing 100 was that what sold teams on you Uh, I
2: think what kind of sold teams on me was the fact that I was each year I was getting like progressing, progressing, progressing. So I think that that kind of played a huge role in it being that my first year back from Tommy John, I was probably topping out at like 90, 90 ish. And then each year kind of saw a little bit more, a little bit more. And then this final year at Indiana, I was actually able to combine the throwing strikes and throwing harder thing aspect of the game. So I think that that kind of, Sold a little bit more teams on me. But honestly, I heard going into the draft, it was just about everything that you could hear. Like I heard, oh, yeah, we love you. We'll take you in the fourth. And then I heard like, oh, no, like you're probably going to drop towards like the mid-teens to like li- like late teens. And I was like, all right, as long as my name gets called, I don't really care. Like you give me an opportunity, I'm going to run with it. So
1: so were you always like, and, and I'm pulling up your stats here. Like, I, like is this good people? I mean, you had a 0.9 ERA your sophomore year. Was that the year that kind of made you realize, like, listen, I have a chance to make, like, to get drafted. Like, I, I'm a little bit better than the people around me. Like, was that the year? Because those numbers are insane. And, yes, it's a small sample size. But a 0.9 ERA, and then you come into games and you you carve against Ole Miss, which I'm reading right here, and Cincinnati and all those kind of guys. So was, was that when you kind of realized, like, I have a chance, like I'm a dog.
2: Yeah, honestly, that was like my biggest thing was like my mentality. I was almost pitching a little timid my first like two years at Indiana just because, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. The second you give up any type of hit, you're like, you get a little bit rattled when you're that young. But I think my pitching coach, Justin Parker, really kind of like put that mentality into my head where like, hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to dominate. And then that year, kind of was where I started to flip the switch and figure out, Hey, you're, you can dominate at this level if you really choose to. And started falling, falling, falling. And then COVID cut our year. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. No, that, that, that's definitely true. And I'm going to ask you about a couple guys that you played against. Cause I didn't even realize this. So did you play against front of the pod Terran Bavra? I did not. So that was the year I
2: had Tommy John was when we played the Minnesota team at Taron Bavara, but Terran Bavara, was our father that weekend. That is for sure.
1: <laughs> I want to tell him he said that, dude. He's such a good dude. And I've heard stories about this guy. And the crazy thing is about Vavs is like when we have minor, like we've had other minor leaguers on the pod and stuff like that. And I say like, who's the best hitter you've played against? And it's Taryn Vavreau. A lot of people say that. I believe he was a minor league player of the year at one point. Um, was he that nasty at Minnesota too, where everyone knew where he who he was? Everyone knew this guy Rakes was like, was that what it is? Yeah, we had a – I remember
2: going through, like, the pitching meetings and stuff. I mean, I wasn't traveling, but I was, like, kind of listening on it. And they were talking, okay, Taron Bauer is going to be here in the lineup. You're not going to throw him a strike. You're going to throw it all around the zone, and you're going to hope that he just hits a ground ball to shortstop every single time. Needless to say, he didn't hit a lot of ground balls to shortstop uh, that weekend. But, yeah, he was definitely one of those hitters
1: that everybody was kind of wanting to stay away from. And what about Jordan Wogu? I mean, this guy's numbers at Michigan were fucked. I mean, I think yeah. he had three seventy four, three fifty four his June or yeah, the year they made it to the World Series. So was that another guy where it's like around the around the Big Ten, everyone knows who this dude is because he's a man amongst boys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I faced him one time. I don't I don't know what happened in that at bat, but you want to talk about a presence in the box? I mean, he steps in the box and you're like you're looking at a middle linebacker in the NFL. Like, he's a he's a monster of a human being. So, obviously, you're not going to throw him a lot of fastballs. I don't even think I threw him a single fastball when I faced him. <laughs> but, yeah, no, dude, he, he was definitely – I think when we faced them, I think that he had a decent weekend against us too. But I'm not – I can't be sure on that.
1: It's crazy. Like, honestly, the Big Ten is very – I guess you could say underrated, man. I mean, some of these guys come out of it. Like even a guy like you that obviously not that many innings out of your belt, you're, 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 you're blowing a hundred bat past hitters. It's not like, it's not like you're just like not throwing that hard. If you're blowing a hundred past hitters, like you could easily pitch at like an LA, like these sec schools is just you're in the big 10, like, yeah. and Jordan Wogu and Jeff Criswell, all these guys, man, I think that Michigan team that made it to that college world series kind of helped put like, in like the big Ten on the map, man. I mean, cause that no, a hundred percent agree. Insane. They, uh,
2: as much as it sucked that it was Michigan in the college Road series, it was kind of, I mean, it was nice to see a big 10 team go out there and do what they did. I mean, they held out against Vanderbilt, like kudos to them that year. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. it just, that coach, like, uh, I love that stadium too. What was your favorite big 10 field to play at?
2: That's a good question. I liked I mean, Bloomington's beautiful. Uh, I did like Michigan's, to be honest. It plays quick, though, and when I played there, I was kind of a ground ball guy, so wasn't my favorite place to actually pitch at, but I would probably say Michigan is – or Michigan State if it's warm. We played there, and it was like 28 degrees this year, so I like Michigan State's field, too
1: yeah no michigan i got i played there a couple times and uh what i noticed there is it's just like it's not so much the stadium so nice it's just how close you are to every single thing you know i mean you're right beside the you're close to the big house you're close to the hockey rink yost arena which is right beside it and it's just the brick wall in left field that looks like the green monster it's just everything about it for me looks unreal so that's definitely one of those fields I just hate, especially being a pitcher there, I would just hate it because the turf is so fast. Ground yeah. ball in the, in the shortstop and third base gap, you're like, you're fucked. So yeah. what was like, what would you say? Because obviously you guys, let's say, I mean, I, I'm assuming when you guys would go to these SEC schools and maybe you guys would get after go to see the college football atmosphere and all that kind of stuff in the fall. What would you say was like the best, party atmosphere school that you guys visited like one of those be- the schools where it's like they get after it those fans get after it the students get after it it looks like it's an absolute electric school
2: so there's I, I i remember when you say that like two come to mind one was coastal carolina we played there in like a round robin type thing it was like coastal uconn and there was one other team and they actually had a tailgating lot right outside our bullpen and they were like, they're offering us shots. They're offering us beers. And, like, we're just sitting there trying to ignore them, like trying to be professional. But that was a cool atmosphere. They were good fans, a lot of good people. And then LSU was fun. Uh, they, they were rowdy. I remember it was the home opener of the COVID season, and Coach O was throwing out the first pitch. And, <laughs> and so he throws out the first pitch, and he's walking off the field and he's chanting, fuck IU. And my buddy looks at me and he goes, we're not winning this baseball game. We're not winning this baseball game. <laughs> and then, I mean, we went on to, I think we lost like four to two on the home opener. So it was a good game, but like he looked at me after the game too. He goes, I told you we're not winning that baseball game.
1: It's, it's the whole atmosphere there, oh, yeah. man. And I, I wanted to bring up that, like that like what it was like at LSU. Cause you guys played there, like you said, opening day. So it must've just been legitimate sold out fans, out, or even just the shit that fans said to you. Did what, so would fans come at you the hardest since you're that guy come out of the bullpen, you're the known closer on the IU. Like what, what was that like? So
2: it, yeah, it was actually kind of funny because like their bullpens are right upside uh, the front row of their stadium. So it's right down the left field line you're facing the fans when you're throwing as a righty and there was like these like five or six little kids just yelling at me just make because I wear the I wear the sports glasses so they're they're like yelling at me saying like all this different stuff and like I got done with my outing and then I come back to the bullpen and like they were all like oh I'm so sorry like didn't mean we were just trying to rattle you before we you got in there and I was just like oh wow okay (laughs) Cool fans, cool fans, but when I was warming up, I was like, who, like, whose parents are your, like you? Like, why are you yelling at me? Why are your parents letting you just scream at me and throw rocks at me right now? Like, but no, it was definitely cool.
0: The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash blue wire. Spelled B A B B E L dot com slash blue wire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: It's a different beast down there, man. And I say it all the time. I mean, you see it. Uh, the Big Ten's pretty good, actually, fans wise and all that kind of stuff. It's just the SEC is a whole nother beast for baseball, for everything. I mean, we've had a couple guys that played for LSU that. Uh, that would tell stories about the parties there and all that kind of shit. It's like this, it's, it's insane. I mean, the sec is just a whole other beast and it's, it's unreal to see teams compete in the, from in the big 10 in there. So, and let's go into your career. I mean, obviously, like I said, not that many appearance being the closer, what would you say is the most electric appearance you had on the, your, your most electric appearance in your whole career? One where it's like, you get chills even thinking about that shit.
2: My favorite appearance honestly probably was like my four or five inning outing against uh university of san diego that was fun my that was during the covid year uh because usually i'm not going that many innings And like when you kind of fall into a little bit of a roll roll and uh getting to go back out back out back out it started to get pretty pretty electric towards like the fourth or fifth innings
1: yeah no i mean and you played out old miss too though yeah. I mean you, you played at Ole Miss. That oh, no, was we, fans. Well we played Ole Miss, we played at ECU. Oh, you played at in ECU. In like a round so robin type. So that was like that weird round robin shit. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean that was
2: that was a good uh stadium to play at too. I remember the coach, the coach comes out, we're beating ECU, and they're they were ranked like something crazy high. And we kind of went in there as a little bit of the underdogs. And we were beating them. And I think it was like the eighth inning and my buddy's on the mound. And so the coach comes out, gets ejected, tries to hype up all the fans. My buddy blows three fastballs right by the guy. And he's like walking. He does like the Connor McGregor strut off the mound. And he's like, he's like, we're fucking here. Let's go. And I was and that was that was an electric day, too. That one was a good one.
1: That's so sick. I mean, I yeah. wish I was nasty at baseball so I could do that shit, but that will just never happen in my life ever, unless I do a first pitch somewhere. But no, that's that's absolutely dynamite. And then you, so you get drafted by the Red Sox. One of our really good buddies, Chase Sugar, is actually with the Red Sox. I believe he was with Greenville this year. He's absolutely disgusting. Just like a five foot nine guy throws ninety eight. So was that one of the teams that was the most interested in you? Or because we hear stories all the time that people get drafted from teams that had legitimate, no interest in them on draft day. Honestly.
2: So they weren't too high on me. Like it seemed like they weren't too high on me going into the draft. I had a couple teams. teams. Uh, the Dodgers liked me a little bit. The White Sox liked me a little bit, but my, the area scout that got me drafted, he called me that day. It was, probably around like the fifth round, he's like, he started talking to me a little bit and I was like, oh, the Red Sox are kind of interested, huh? And then he called me in the 10th and he's like, and I'm, I love to talk, love the sound of my own voice, but he calls me and he's like, hey, we're going to pick you up. and the, This was right before, like two picks before they picked me. And he's like, hey, we're about to pick you. Like, go sit down in front of the TV. I just hung up the phone on him, didn't say anything. Just went right to the TV and saw it and I was just like, wow, the Red Sox, that's I love
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just you're staying with the blue collared guys, man. I mean, you go you go to Indiana, now you're just in the with the grimy Red Sox. So and even looking at their minor league systems, and Sug has told told me some good pretty good things about the minor leagues there. I mean, good teams, sick facilities. That Greenville that Greenville facility looks unreal. Do you kind of have an idea where you're gonna be, like obviously next year? cause this year you're in, you're in instructs right now, right?
2: Yeah. So so I don't have anything really – they haven't really talked about anything like that. I mean, being a new draft guy, kind of – they're just trying to get my feet wet, really. But I'm hoping to be high A, low A. Start Well, start out low A, work up pretty quick through high A, get into double A pretty quick, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah.
1: So do they tell you that you're, you're going to adopt to, like, or stay into that closer role? Yeah, or gonna I think – are going to be a starting guy?
2: I think the term that they're using is just reliever right now. Uh, I kind of have to develop a little bit more on the off-speed stuff to have a shot at the starting roles, but there's a lot of good arms down here. So I'm happy to be in the reliever role right now and hopefully work my way up to the starting role one day.
1: So when is Instructs even done? Like d- describe Instructs to us. Like what, what just describe it to the people.
2: So Instructs this year, it's a, it's a two segments in the month of October. And each segment is about, I think it's 10 days each. And basically you come down and you go through each day and you'll have individual meetings on nutrition, weightlifting, what we want you to see develop. And then kind of just stuff like that kind of just gets you ready for the off
1: season. Okay, no, that's I mean, that just sounds like my worst fucking nightmare, but whatever. Are you guys allowed to like, obviously, I'm assuming, are you, go, like what are you doing in the off time there? Are you golfing? What are you, what, what are you doing?
2: Uh, a lot of video games and there's a movie theater right next to the um, hotel that they have us in. So that's pretty nice. You get to go see some movies. But other than that, kind of just hang out around the pool. Uh, we head to the beach sometimes, you know, when we can afford the Uber, the like $25, $30 Uber over there. But most of the time we're kind of just chilling around the hotel, you know, playing cards and whatnot.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. I, are you, so what are you throwing, what are you touching right now on the gun? Like, are you getting, are you are you still staying at the close to the hundred range or what are you doing right now? 98? Yeah. So
2: right now I'm like, it's just bullpens right now, kind of. And I'm kind of working back up to the bullpens. Cause I had a little bit of shoulder tightness and they're like, we don't want to really do anything crazy with you right now. So I was rehabbing down here for a while and then just kind of working back up into bullpens. So can't really give you any numbers right now, but hopefully when I get back on the bump, hopefully I can be up back towards like 98, 99, touching a hundred.
1: Okay. I mean, did you guys actually, did? It, did were you guys competing ever for the, like the big 10 championship in Indiana? Or like, what was that? What or did you, or was there a heartbreak that I don't know about?
2: The heartbreak was the Ohio State series. They swept us in a four game, and that basically – that was kind of the point where we could either fold or, you know, battle back, and we kind of had some – some of our hitters would get hot at certain points. Some would be, get a little cold. We had – I mean, we had a great season on the mound, that's for sure, but it just kind of would come together at certain times. We wouldn't be able to really compete against the cream of the crop in the Big Ten.
1: So who's some of the guys on that from that Indiana team, like draft pick wise? Like, was there a lot of guys drafted in the top ten rounds, top five? Like, what was was so, there a lot of big, big time guys? Yeah,
2: I mean, we our Saturday guy, McCade Brown. He's he got drafted by the Rockies. He's a dude about he's like 6'6", 240 range, and he's probably mid to upper nineties with like a three thousand RPM curveball. And then yeah, I think he had the most strikeouts in the Big Ten this year. Don't quote me on that, but
1: I'm pretty so sure he went high.
2: Like, he went yeah. like top. I think he went in the third round. Oh, okay. He's, yeah, he's, so he's, very... he's
1: rich. He's rich, rich.
2: Yep. Yep. I already uh, let him know that when we get back to Bloomington, the uh, drinks are in him. That's for sure.
1: Is there an alumni weekend there? Like, because uh, what's it called? Uh, Jeff Criswell last week announced or said that it was for the Rutgers game for Michigan two weeks ago where all the baseball guys went back and got after it together. It one's your guys.
2: Our alumni weekend actually was last weekend, so I wasn't able to go. But we have a bunch of alumni that just live in Bloomington and train in Bloomington. So it's almost like every single weekend's alumni weekend down there.
1: I might, whenever, the, like I said, I mean, I, I circled it on the schedule. I think I actually planned it with Lugbauer. I think Michigan versus Indiana at the big house. I might have to make an appearance to that game. I mean, well, Indiana football is kind of fraud, right? I mean, we're oh, not, yeah. are, you, are, are you not? Yeah, we're not. Phoenix is terrible. I mean, last year he was good. This year, this guy's obviously horrific. I mean, that wait, did it, who did they lose to this year? That was a, that was a really bad loss. I'm trying to think for Indiana. I mean, you name one of the games that they played in, but they almost lost to
2: WKU. That would have been heartbreak. <laughs> Got to. Sh- got beat bad by Penn state, got beat bad by Iowa. Uh, yeah. They're in uh they're in like a little bit of a freakout mode, I would imagine, but I don't know. I love, I love Tom Allen, the head coach there. He's a great guy. He came and talked to uh, us a couple times, but he's like one of those guys that no matter what your level is, if you're like a freshman that is playing on the tennis team, he'll treat you like you're the big shot on campus, like no matter what. So He's a good guy, and I always, you know, have to root for those Indiana football players. But they're
1: they're uh, struggling right now, to say the least. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not a there's no hockey team there, right? We have like a club. What, what the fuck is that shit? Why not? I, I mean, don't dude, know. Th- That's the dumbest thing ever. Do you know how electric that shit would be for hockey at Indiana? That'd be sick. I actually
2: know. I actually knew a couple of the hockey players. Well, the hockey club players. Yeah, good dudes. They. They drink, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I I could imagine. I mean, the hockey guys at Michigan got after it. It's just I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like for the club guys though, where it doesn't really – not really as competitive or even matters as much. Oh, yeah. So. They were
2: they were like playing their hockey games, and then one of them was like a DJ at the bar that night, and it was just like – it was the perfect setup.
1: That's so sick. So would you guys get special – like obviously the football team gets special privileges, like at bars, clubs. They get to skip the lines, all that kind of shit. Would the baseball team have that much pull at Indiana? Uh, I would say we. it was more because
2: we knew the right people. So a lot of the people that liked baseball were bouncers and whatnot. So we liked to uh, definitely use the VIP entrance for pretty cheap. But, yeah, no, I wouldn't say too much pull. I know the basketball team at Indiana just because – Oh, Indiana, my God. Yeah.
1: Those guys DMs are probably I don't even want to know. Like for Indiana basketball, I mean that's what it's pretty much known for, right? Bobby Knight is so what What's the deal with Bobby Knight? Is he loved there or is he hated there? With all like how fucked he was as a coach, like is he like a legend there?
2: Oh, absolute legend. So he came back, yeah. So when when he left Indiana, he had never been back to the campus, and then two years ago he came back for the first time and he actually came to an Indiana baseball game. That was the first thing that he came to and like on the Indiana campus was an Indiana baseball game. And we were standing room only just like, I'm talking like shoulder to shoulder, like you're at a packed club just because Bob Knight was there just sitting there. Holy shit. So did
1: he like, did he, I'm assuming like no throw, didn't throw the first pitch, none of that shit. Like he was just there to just to be there.
2: Yep, just there to be there, and then that night, he, uh, during halftime, the basketball team uh, recognized him and gave him a nice little, like, during halftime, gave him a nice little chance to talk and whatnot, but he is loved by many.
1: See, that's crazy to me, especially with, like, the cancel culture shit going on now with all that kind of stuff, that a guy that... Was so I guess you could say aggressive in his coaching style and like very old school is still loved nowadays. You got to tip your cap to that because he, I mean, he kind of put. In, I mean, I'm assuming he put Indiana basketball on the map with all the shit that he did there. So, would it what what would be more lit to like pregame for like get after it before the games for? Was it basketball? Was it football? What was it? So honestly, I have
2: not been to many basketball
1: games just
2: because. um we don't really get tickets into the game for being an athlete. You still have to buy them. You get a discount, Really? But yeah. But the football games, they, no one really went into the football game when I was there <laughs> because they weren't good until my senior year. Really good. Like name on the map, like top 25 type team. But so no one would really go into the football games. It was basically just tailgates with a football game going on next to the tailgates.
1: No, dude, it, you're right on that, man. Because a lot, like, I, I never really even heard about Indiana football until last year, and when they lost me money when Penix dove into the touchdown, dove in for a touchdown overtime against Penn State, where I live bet Penn State. I'll never forget that game. That game broke my fucking. I I I will never be able to recover from that game. So when you're a quarter, I mean, when you're a quarterback at Indiana, even if they're they're shit. Are you guys just – are they just known around the campus as that dude? Like, it's, like, untouchable guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, Pennix is also a great guy from, like, the very limited times that I've actually, like, talked to him one-on-one. I mean, he's a great guy. He's definitely very well-spoken, very uh, humble. So, I mean, I like him. I know that a lot of people love him just because, you know, he's a quarterback. But he's actually a really good guy, and, like, I'm glad that he gets the recognition that he deserves.
1: Who would you say is, like, the most famous Indiana baseball player ever? Like, baseball? like Yeah. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Oh, my God. I even realized Kyle Schwarber went to Indiana. That yeah. is – that is crazy. Like, do, does he come back and, like, watch the games and shit like that? He, he hasn't
2: been back uh, in my time there. But apparently – because he's a little bit out of it now. He's been – there's been a couple coaching changes between the time okay. that he's played and uh, now. But, I mean – just knowing that he went there and kind of now he's balling out in the big leagues is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it definitely so are we talking like retired jersey there, like number retired, like no over on the walls? Really? No,
2: yeah, no, but he's he's definitely he's on our walls and stuff like that. That uh so he was part of the only Indiana team to go to Omaha. So they're plastered on our walls and there's a couple
1: other guys. There's a couple other guys that went to Indiana. Uh in the big league. Travis?
2: Yeah. Well, sorry, Sam Travis.
1: Sam Travis. I, I don't know who that is, but he no. Is, okay.
2: He's up and down uh, with the, with a couple teams recently, but yeah, he was another okay. one.
1: Um, so, so Schwarber's the big guy. Like that's the that's yes. obviously the big guy. Yeah. Okay. No. There's another. So
2: when, uh, Aaron Slagers. He's pitching up in the big leagues right now. He's, that name sounds
1: familiar. That I think name he's with the Rays
2: right
1: now. That I like name sounds book. familiar. Okay, yeah. that ain't sounds much. So, so, what? So, what team in the Big Ten is that? Is like, I'm assuming it's Michigan. But what's the big dog team in the Big Ten? Like the number, like the powerhouse every single year with the most big leaguers, shit like that.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. Uh, this year it was us. I think we had six get drafted, but Holy usually it's. Shit. Usually it's between us and uh, Michigan. And Nebraska had a decent amount of draft guys
1: this year, too. Okay. No, that's – I mean, that's insane. So, what would you say – and this is the last question I need to get here. What would you say is your favorite story or your most fucked story from Indiana involving fans, involving, like, just bus broken down, anything along those lines where it's just – like, just a good story you have to end the podcast, like, get the people going a little bit here. A good story –
2: there's a couple like A, a fan
1: interaction. Fan
2: interactions. Not so much. Uh, I would say I had a couple people. So Romeo Langford walked into when we were at a, uh, I don't know, we were at a restaurant or something. Romeo Langford walked in and one of my buddies knew Romeo Langford and he walked up and said hey to us and whatnot. And like there, everybody's asking for his autograph and all of this. And he's like, Oh yeah, these guys are on the baseball team. You guys, you know, you should check them out. Like, you know. And the I just remember it plain as day. Dude looks at dude looks at us, looks me dead in the eyes and goes, Yeah, I don't care. And then just, <laughs> just hands him his stuff to sign. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah, I figured that was gonna be the reaction that I got.
1: There's nothing more degrading than just a, a fan or just a random person getting an autograph beside you, or ask. Actually, the worst one is being the designated picture guy. Like yeah. when when guys when guys would come here to Toronto, like when guys come here to Toronto and play, and obviously like we humble brag of a couple guys in the big leagues, pretty good amount of guys in the big leagues that come on the show, and I go to see them, and fans are just uh, like uh, they're beside me asking this guy for autographs, making me designated pitcher, bitch. There is nothing more degrading on the planet than just someone not giving a flying fuck about who you are. They want the guy beside you. Like there's nothing more degrading.
2: I was just like, I was just like, yeah, I get it. Not a big deal. Like Roman Langford, but I was like, you could have just had me sign something. I would have signed anything. (laughs) Yeah. Like you could have thrown it out on your way out. Like I wouldn't have.
0: (laughs)
1: True. No, there's two sides of the spectrum because one, I don't want to be, and I say this all the time on the show. I don't want to be that, like, first-round draft pick for a massive team like the Red Sox or the Cubs where you can't even play in a minor league stadium without getting bombarded with autographs, like Bobby Dalbeck. Yeah. Can you imagine the shit that Bobby Dalbeck had to deal with, especially coming up in the minors?
2: Marcelo Meyer, he – our first-round draft pick this year. Fourth overall, the kid's 18. Excuse me. But he's, like, walking up and down the hotel and, like, people are, like, yelling – at us to find Marcelo for them. So he can get signature, like give out signatures and stuff. Like we'll be like walking down the street, going to grab something to eat. Somebody will yell out of the car. Like, Hey, do you guys play with the Red Sox? And we're like, um, yeah. And they would just be like, where's Marcelo? We're like, really? Actually.
1: Yeah. I, and like I said, there is a, like, there's a lot of bad people in the world that commit terrible crimes. Okay. But the, the people that are up there with me are autograph seekers and Ball Hawks. Those two old people that are trying to get autographs from like you said, literally an 18-year-old. This kid was in high school not like not even 4 months ago. He literally just got done with like biology class. Yeah, there's literally 40-year-olds swarming this 18-year-old to sign a piece of paper. Like that's the shit to me that just doesn't sit right. That's the most this, like obviously when I was a little kid, I was collecting autographs of course when you go to Jays game shit like that. But if you're a 40 year old man, you're trying to collect autographs from an 18 year old, you're just the biggest loser on the planet. I said that time and time again.
0: It's it's actually
2: crazy. It it was. It it blew my mind how like many people and like the like diversity of people. Like like you said, like some people were like older, some people were younger. And Marcel was very personal, so you know he tried to give everybody what they wanted. But like the amount of people who just hound him for stuff.
1: Really. I mean, that's yeah. just, and it's crazy because you're not even, I mean, you're not technically in, I don't want to say this. You're not technically in like the Red Sox country. You're not, you're not in, you're not in B- Fenway. You're not out yeah, of Fenway. You're yeah. just, you're at a hotel near I'm a, your spring training facility. So it's crazy to me. And Holy shit, this I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just create Marcelo. This kid's going to, I, like I said, I don't want to know what this guy's DMS are like. He's a Cali kid from San Diego, committed to USC, just discussed the game of baseball. How good is this kid? Is this kid a freak? Oh, yeah, he's good.
2: Uh, we were – I was <laughs> screwing with him. Like, when I when he first got here, like, barely knew the kid. I would like, you know, toy with him a little bit, like haze him a little bit just because he's 18. But the first day we were taking BP, he rolls over, rolls over, rolls over, and, like, you know, I'm yelling at him from doing the bucket right behind second base, and I'm, like, yelling at him. Next round, he just goes backside bomb, pull side bomb, backside bomb, pull side bomb, and I was just like, after I just walked
1: up to him, I'm like, "You're fucking good. You're <laughs> you're fucking good at this game, dude." I I might have to I might have to DM this kid. I might need this kid on the show. This kid it just has it all. I mean, this yeah. kid has the long hair. He, he honestly looks like I said this to all the Cali kids. I said it to Glass. Now he looks like he wore like shark necklaces when he was a kid like the shark tooth necklaces in cali maybe was like he looks like that the stereotypical of that kid i don't know if you saw that pick that uh video where it's like welcome to redland skate park pussy he looks <laughs> like he's a skate park kid i mean this kid's dynamite i love this guy so is he one of those guys where you're seeing right now like in in the instructs where it's like this kid's gonna be if he keeps this shit up he's gonna be a big leaguer forever like yeah he's a free yeah
2: i mean he's he's a lot bigger than I thought he was uh, when they were just talking about him and like raving on about him, but I'm um, like during the draft. So like the first day I met him, I was like, Holy shit. He's like, I mean, he's every inch, like six foot three, but he's, I mean, he's high school. So he's a little, he's a little skinny right now, but I mean, he's going to put on the way he's going to get big. He's going to, and he's just, I think he's a potential big leader for a while.
1: Isn't it crazy that, Next year in the minors, you guys are gonna like you and the boys after a game are gonna get after it, you know, like have a couple beers. And this kid's not even allowed anywhere near a bar for yeah. like three years.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's exactly. Not even allowed no. anywhere near it. Yeah, we had we had uh two two high school kids get drafted. Well, three, I don't think one, one didn't sign, but two that were here they're after the draft. And like I just looked at them and I was like, I'm so much older than you. Like you you can't. <laughs> Like, you can't do anything right now. You're 18. You can drive. That's all you can do. You can just drive.
1: He just got his license. Like, this kid, I, I'm. it's mind-boggling to me. Can you see it with NHLers, too. Like, there's 18-year-olds getting drafted to the show in the first round, like Hughes and all those kind of stuff. This kid is not going to be able to legally – have a drink for three years he's going to be grinding in low a because obviously he's 18 he's not going to be skipping levels like he's gonna be grinding low a high a double a he might even be in rookie ball at some point next year like he's gonna be grinding in the league and he's gonna be playing with like like i said guys our age like in the 24 year old range and we're gonna look like you're gonna look at this kid, like what the fuck are you doing here dude like go go party somewhere yeah that's
2: I mean Blaze Jordan, Blaze Jordan was the same way. He was down here when we first got down here. And I was looking at him and I'm like, I think he he would only be 19. Yeah, he's 19. 19. Yeah, he's 19. And I was just like, I was just like, this motherfucker is just so young. And then, like, I like just like Marcel, he's taking VP, just bomb, bomb, bomb. And I'm just like, okay, get. Get this kid the fuck out
1: of here. It's um, it's mind-boggling because these kids, and we don't even realize this shit because they're in the minors now, they're in the systems. Like these kids were playing like Timmy from fucking biology class, like a year ago. Didn't that like the kid that didn't give a shit about baseball? He just played it because it, it got him br- like girls in high school, yeah. and he's going up against first rounders against the Reds, like the, of the Red Sox. Like, this guy is gonna go from playing that to playing grown ass men. Like he's going to play guys that went to school for 4 years that were like super seniors, seniors, covid seniors. He's going to be going up against those guys and he's probably going to rake against those guys too. Oh, yeah. It's insane. No, he uh
2: Marcelo definitely I think I mean he got walked I think 4 times in his first 4 at bats, but I, his first his first professional swing, he swung through a curveball and I swear to god he missed it by probably 25 feet. Like <laughs> I, I was just like we gave him shit about it for weeks after but he I mean he adapted really quickly he uh he's definitely got a future in the game that's for sure
1: well first I mean first of all this kid is also just now a multimillionaire and he's 18 I mean this guy's probably I I wouldn't be surprised if he is ripping around in like a rolls like a range or something like I think he's
2: I think that he said that when he went back uh, home, he was going to get himself like a BMW SUV or something like that. Jesus Christ. I don't know what he said, but I know it's going to cost a lot more than my like 2003 Mercury Sable. That's for sure.
1: And his buddies are just like grinding to make ends meet in college. And he's just a multi-millionaire because he's gross at baseball. So good for him. Super humble kid
2: too, though. He's
1: humble. He's humble? Yeah. Oh, I would be horrible. the cockiest human if I was in his shoes, and I say this all the time. I would be legitimately the cockiest dude of all time. I would oh, be I would the biggest be asshole of all time. If I'm 18 years old, I'm a multi millionaire. I have 30,000 followers on Instagram. I would be the biggest douchebag ever. So credit oh, yeah. to him. Credit oh, to him yeah. for being a humble dude. So it, do you see this kid? And you're like, man, you have so much to fucking learn. You don't even know half this shit that you're going to be dealing with here in the game of baseball. Because he probably dominated his whole life. Oh, yeah. His whole life.
2: Yeah, I mean, given given that he'll probably dominate for a while, in my opinion. But I mean, just being that he's 18, we we kind of hazed him like he was a freshman a little bit, you know, kind of just <laughs> like yeah. We'd be like, "Oh, shut up, you eighteen-year-old." And then, like, we'd realize, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, wait a second, you signed for literally what? We wait, all you make, make for more my... than
1: you make more than literally my parents will make in their lifetime. Exactly. Like, and you you yeah. just sign that, and you're eighteen. So you just put your him. name I mean, on a piece of paper. At some point, you got to get close to him, just so at the point where it's like, when you guys go to dinner, it's just obviously on him every single so oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah, that's what it has oh, to yeah. be.
2: I mean, I, he's he's good about that, too, though. He is good about that, too.
1: Good for him. Tell, tell him we're knocking on the door because we have Chase Petty coming on the show in a couple weeks. First rounder for the Twins. The guy's yep. disgusting. We, have we him played him on. down here a couple really? times. Really? Yeah. What is he? Is he nasty? Is he He looks disgusting. Like, is he a freak? Yeah, he was uh, – he, he
2: threw well against us. I think he had a little control issues against us, maybe. I don't really remember his outing exactly, but I remember he was four to six with just – rise on the fastball just i
1: don't know how people hit that shit man i I, i'll tell you right now i really don't but anyways man i mean obviously it was a pleasure i like i said just a big 10 guy blue collared fucking steel toes hard hot just an absolute legend i appreciate you coming on the podcast man um best of luck obviously in instructs hopefully you carve the first round guy just to put some put your balls on the table for the scouts (laughs) but it was a pleasure man I, i really enjoyed this thanks for coming on brother of course
2: thanks for having me